comes to us from the gospel according to St. John chapter 1, 1 to 14. And I'm going to speak on the uh, impact of a miracle. You know, and uh, you know, as we journey with you not too long ago from New York City, uh, looking at the various storms and storms and storms, and I, I called the president and I said, how are things going up there? And she's like, Winton, we are just tired. And so I, I, I started thinking of the impact that this, this, this snow experience have had on everyone in this room. And I think it's something that you will never forget uh, for the rest of your life. Um, things in life uh, impact us. And they, we journey with them. And those things journey with us. In light of the word that I'd like to speak to us this morning, I have a joke here. I'm, you know, I'm not good at telling jokes, but I hope that maybe you have heard this one. This talks about a man who decided to skip mass one Sunday uh, to head to the hills to do some bear hunting. I don't know why you would skip mass to go do bear hunting. As he rounded the corner on a perilous twi- twist to the trail, he and a bear collided, sending him and his rifle tumbling down the mountainside. Before he knew it, his rifle went one way and he went the other way, uh, landing on a rock and breaking both legs. That was the good news. The bad news was the furious, furious bear charging at him from a distance and he couldn't move. Oh Lord, the man said, I am sorry for skipping mass to come out here to hunt. Please forgive me and grant me just one wish. Please make a Christian out of that beer that's coming at me. Please, Lord. Please. The beer skidded to a halt fell to his knees, clasped his paws together, and began to pray aloud at the man's feet. Dear God, the bear said, bless this food I'm about to receive. (laughs) So, this morning we we are like, Lord, please bless this food that we are about to receive spiritual food, right? Something that will help us along life's journey. So the impact of a miracle. And this morning we have a text before us from the gospel of John chapter 6, 1 to 14. And the wording is going to come up before you. It's a lengthy passage And so I'm not going to go and read word for word. I'm just going to basically analyze the passage. Uh, The passage is informing us of Jesus crossing a lake after doing all kinds of miracles in the book of John. In John's gospel, I believe chapter 2, Jesus is at the wedding of Cana of Galilee where he turned water into wine. In John's Gospel, chapter 3, he's meeting Nicodemus, the ruler of the Jews, explaining 
uh, the plan of salvation. And we saw him in chapter 4 at the well, uh, meeting um, this gracious woman, explaining to her the plan of salvation. Now we get to chapter 5 of the text. And as a result of all these miracles and all these teachings, guess what? A large crowd is now following Jesus. That's the essence of the text. A large crowd was now following Jesus. Now, because of this, Jesus became weary from the pressure of facing so many people uh, crushing in at him. And so Jesus decided, as you will roll to the next slide, Jesus decided that let me cross the lake to go on the other side. He had concern for the people because they were following for a long time and the people became hungry. Anybody knows what it is to be hungry? Or just to want food in your stomach? These people were getting spiritual food. They were receiving spiritual food from Jesus. Became very hungry. Jesus knows where he was, how he was going to address the need of the people. Because this is Jesus. And Jesus uses this occasion to strengthen the people. First of all, from the text. I want us to understand today that Jesus will use whoever is willing to bring blessing to his people. And the passage that is before us this morning in John's Gospel, chapter 6, we see some very, very, very important people. In this text that I'm looking at, I see Philip, I see Andrew, I see uh, Simon Peter is mentioned in this text also. These were all significant helpers who were a part of Jesus' ministry. All important people. These people came to Jesus, got converted, got enlisted uh, in Jesus' army, and were following But the text that we have before us this morning, particularly in chapter verse 9, mention another person, and this person that the text mentioned has no name. Do you know anybody that doesn't have a name? I'm going to show you somebody that has no name. The scripture simply identified him as a lad or a little boy. Somehow, some way, he showed up that day. Nobody knows where he came from. Nobody knows much about him, but he showed up that day. And the scripture simply identified him as a little boy. And more so, the scripture identified him as a little boy with his lunch. The boy who simply had five barley loaves and two fish. The impact of a miracle. We have in the text no background information about him. 
No one knows his name, as I said. They don't know where he has come from. They know nothing about his family. All that the scripture says is that he showed up that day. And I'm reflecting on my own life. I'm reflecting on my own spiritual journey. I'm reflecting on the community from which I have come. I am reflecting on the people group from which I have come. And I want to tell you this morning as I'm in this chapel, I'm pretty sure if you were to Google me back then, or if you were to go on Instagram, and if you were to go on all these search engines that you go on, I don't know if you would actually find the place from which I have come. And maybe if they Google some of you based on your background or go to Instagram, who in the world knows you? But I want you to know this morning that Jesus, the son of the living God, is acquainted with you. Jesus knows where you have come from. Jesus knows about your family. And that's what, that's what's important. That's what's important this morning. My question to you, do you have a name? Do you have a name? What does your name represent? Because your name has to represent you. Your name has to represent your person. Your name has to represent your character. Your name has to represent, if I, if I may stretch it out, your vision, your purpose. Your name defines who you are. And so you have to reflect on that this morning. And so I may then go further and say, how significant are you? You are in an institution. You have come to Eastern Nazarene College. And as you are sitting in this chapel this morning and journeying on your educational pursuit, you are simply trying to find yourself. You are simply trying to find your purpose. You are simply sorting out. Even as you sit in these classes and professors are coming before you, you are like, who I am? Who am I? What am I going to be in this world? Will I make a difference? I am here to say to you this morning, yes, you will make a difference. Because you serve a great, big, awesome, and mighty God. How does society define you? Or how do you define yourself? Well, I have to define myself by saying, you know, I am made in the image and likeness of God. I'm endowed with intellect, emotion, and will. I am this awesome person that God has made. There is only one of me in the world. I'm not a duplicate. I'm an original. I'm a child of the living God. I'm significant to God. And God has created me for a purpose. I count. I have a name. I'm going to make something of my life. But guess what? He has to become head of my life. I have to surrender my will. 
I have to surrender everything about me to him in order for God to use me in the way that God wants to use me. Before Barack Obama became president of this country, I didn't know much about him. I didn't hear much about him. I just heard he was a community organizer and so on and so forth. But then here comes this person, whether you accept him or not. He's the president of this country. But now the world knows who this person is. So as you are journeying through Eastern Nazarene College, you may say to yourself, I don't even have a name. I don't even have a name on this campus. Nobody knows me. Nobody knows about me. Nobody knows about anything about my purpose or reason. In life. But I want to say to you, if you continue to journey and if you continue to do those things that God wants you to do, and if you continue surrendering to him, that there is no telling what God can do with a life that is turned over to him. So today, are you concerned who recognizes that you are in the crowd? Are you concerned if anybody recognizes whether or not uh, you are here? Are you concerned if anybody, anybody recognizes who you are and your purpose in life? Let me go back to the text. Look what Jesus did with the resources of a no-name boy. He wasn't Philip. He wasn't Andrew. He wasn't any of the disciples. The scripture simply identify him as a boy. Something to think about. Something to ponder. Something to wrestle with. But I want you to know, think of the impact that he made that day. And think of the impact that you can make if you turn over your life fully to the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, the Bible said, For God so loved the world that he has given his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. The Bible said, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And I understand today that when, I, when Jesus comes into my life, he gives me purpose, he gives me meaning, he allows me to live my life joyfully. I understand it's better to have him than not to have him. But think of the impact that you can make if you simply turn over your life um, to the Lord. You don't have to have a name, but you must have a relationship with Jesus. That is more significant than anything else. Brothers and sisters, Ladies and gentlemen, it is the relationship that will make an impact. Because if I look at the scripture, if I assess the scripture, I then have to say to myself, this young boy must have been coming from a good home. Because number one, he was unselfish. Number two, he offered all that he had that day. He gave it up to Jesus, uh, to the multitude. And I tell you today, if you have a relationship with Jesus, it makes a big difference in your life. A lot of us are connected to powerful people in the society because of my pastoral life. I'm connected to the mayor of New York City. I'm connected to the bar president, Eric Adams. I'm connected to all the elected officials in Brooklyn. 
uh, they know my name, they know my face, and so if I pick up the phone and call because there's an issue at church or because of, of something that we may be writing a request for proposal, RFP for something, and they see it coming from Pastor Fina Beulah Church of the Nazarene, they are going to give it a second look because they know who I am. These are significant people. I have relationship with them. But think about it. If you translate that and say, boy, if I have relationship with these earthly people who are so powerful, uh, who can do things on and, and, and my behalf or behalf of the organizations that I, organization that I'm a part of, what about having a relationship with the King of Kings and Lord of Lords? That makes all the difference in the world. I want you to know the great miracle that day did not come from the disciples. Did not come from those who were considered the right-hand people of Jesus. Andrew or Philip, if you look at the text, they were perturbed. They're like, where can we buy bread? Where can we find goods for so many people? They did not have the answer to the needs of the people who were following Jesus. The person who had the answer for the need of people who were following Jesus was this little lad who had was a no-name person in the crowd. Came from the least among the crowd, this little boy. You know, as you're at the NC journey today, some of you may be like, you know, I don't make a difference. I'm just here. I'm just a body. I'm just going to class. I'm just going to my room. I'm just, I'm just vacillating around the place. It doesn't matter. But let me say to you today, if you have a relationship with Jesus, it doesn't matter. You matter. As far as where Jesus is concerned, you matter. And some of you might be walking around here, you know, I'm not called upon, I'm not the head of the class, I'm not an A student, uh, I, I am not well known, I, I, I can't articulate my position very well, and I feel so badly about myself. Let me tell you something, you matter to God. You're looking at somebody who was always at the back of the class. Even as I was going through the ranks of ministry, you know, I was always at the back. There were always people who were always ahead of me. But let me tell you something. If God anoints and if God blesses and if, God, and, if, and if God's appointment is on your life, no one can stand before you. No one can impede you. No one can take your place because you matter to God. And take it from someone who have had a lot of struggles. There were times when I did not even know where I was, Dr. Corey, in the church. But I was serving. I was like Moses at the backside of the, de- of the desert. And I kept wondering, I'm like, Lord, who am I? And the Lord said, you are my child, you are my son. You're Winton Augustus Fine. You matter to me. And I want to say to somebody this morning that you matter to God. Look at the impact of a no-name boy when he offered his lunch to the Lord that day. And Jesus took the loaves and fish and said the blessing. The word said 5,000 
And I take note of the scripture. 5,000 men got fed. Now, if the word said 5,000 men, you know. If you have 5,000 men. We have men here this morning. If you have 5,000 men in one place, you've got to have some sisters there, right? <laughs> Come on, guys. Do you believe you could have 5,000 men in one place and you don't have some sisters? And if you have sisters, you've got to have some children, right, my man? If you have some, right? You've got to have some children there. Yeah. So when the scripture says 5,000 men, there were sisters there and there were children there. What I want to bring out before us is that the magnification of this boy's lunch was unbelievable. The impact of a miracle. None of you can tell where God's going to lead you when you leave this place. As you journey through Eastern Nazarene College for, 14, for four years. I didn't say 14, four years. <laughs> Don't stay here 14 years, please. But can you tell where God's going to lead you? You don't know. Sitting in here could be the president of the United States of America. Sitting in here could be a governor. Sitting in here could be whoever. Because when you offer yourself to God, when you offer the gifts that God has created you with to him, there is no telling what God can do with God. So don't sit here and just turn it on yourself. Don't sit here and just be melancholy. Don't, satisfy, don't settle for just, you know, the bottom. Don't settle. Tell yourself, I am, I am wonderfully made. I am a miracle. I am a wonder. There is only one of me in the world. You know what I do every morning? Give you my secret. I go for a run every morning, including this morning. Boy, the wind was just hitting me out there. Am I over? T- I go for a run, right? And then when I come back, I have my devotion. I read, I get dressed. And before I leave my house, I go before the mirror. I look at myself. I say, but you're handsome. You look good. You're a child of God. There's only one of you in the world. You're going to go out today and you're going to do your best job. And I leave my house with that mentality. Guess what? No matter what I face that day, no matter what the challenges are, At the back of my mind is that I am awesome, I am wonderful, I am great. There is nothing that I cannot deal with in this given day. And that's how I've been living my life. Has changed me. So every day you get up, just say to yourself, it's only one of me. I am a wonder, I am a miracle, I am a child of God. He loves me. The Bible said, as I conclude, 12 baskets were left over from the feeding. This was overwhelming. The miracle took place, folks, simply because this boy was obedient and he was faithful. That's why the miracle took place. He was, he was obedient and he was faithful. He could have gone off into a corner. Like when I was going to school, I would see kids going out to the corner and they just took out their lunch and in seclusion, nobody else knows what was they were even eating but once the announcement was made he said i'm here mama has given me my lunch i'm willing to share and jesus took that what do you possess today 
that Jesus can use? What do you have? What do you have that can be used by the Lord? Remember, you are a free moral agent. Intellect, emotion, will. Jesus will not force Jesus himself on you. You have to get to the place where you're willing to say, Lord, I offer myself to you. What do you have that Jesus can use? Simply, I want you to know today that you matter to God. You matter to God. And let me say that you are in a place that is preparing you to make an impact in the wider society. This is just one step, or maybe the second step or third step, because it's grade school, high school, college. So this, this is another important step in your life's journey. The life that you are building with God on your side. But I just want you to know this morning that if you come to that place where you recognize who you are, where you recognize the awesomeness of God, and you recognize that this awesome God needs to live in my heart. I don't define Christianity by... um, Somebody having to be in church. I think it's your relationship with the Lord. It's how you commune with God and how God communes with you. The fellowship, the relationship that you have with the Lord. This boy, obviously, nothing about his church background, nothing about his religious affiliation, but the fact that day I saw compassion, I saw love, I saw unselfishness, I saw all of these graces coming out of his life. Jesus was able to use all of those things to make the impact that day. And so as you listen this morning, and as you maybe will be leaving the chapel to go on to the other parts of your activity for this day, ask yourself these questions that I have just asked today. Who am I? Why am I here? Why am I doing the things that I'm doing? What if I just turn over my entire agenda to God? And just say, Lord, I'm in your hands, and I want you to use me. Wouldn't that be amazing? Wouldn't that be wonderful? That would be great. Well, having shared, I'm going to ask us to stand this morning. Having shared the word, having shared my heart, having shared my conviction, I would not like one to come to the end of this trouble experience without praying for somebody, somebody who may be are struggling with your identity, somebody who may be struggling with your purpose, somebody who may be struggling with turning over your life to the Lord so that God can use you, or somebody who may be there. And so I'm going to be standing here, and I'd really like to pray for somebody this morning. That's what God has put in my spirit as I've been fasting and praying over this experience. And so if you are here, I'm just going to ask you to come and, and, say, and, say, and say, Pastor Fine, went and pray for me. I, I, I just need clarification as to what God wants to do with my life. Anybody, you can just walk out and come and quickly and say, say, say pray for me. I need prayer today. I, I, just, I just need. And some of you need to just come to that place where you surrender to the Lord. By coming up here, I'm not, I'm not inducing you to anything. I'm just offering that hope that I have in Christ Jesus. I want 10 people to walk up here this morning and say, you know, thank you for clarifying for me what God wants to do in my life 
Praise the Lord. And I may be some from this side, some from this side. Just, just walk up. Just walk up and come. You know, I just need to find, Pastor, I just need to find my purpose in God. Because sometimes people tell me I cannot become, but I know what God wants me to become. Anyone else? Maybe by just walking here. It's a testament to your commitment to God, your commitment to your purpose, your commitment to your mission, your commitment to your goal. Yes, come. Just come. Just, just, just walk and come. Father God, just walk and come. I, I, I just want to find purpose to my life. And some of you may be in this place struggling with your Christianity, struggling with, with, with surrendering your life to the Lord. And yes, you can walk over here. Some may be like, I just come into chapel because it's a requirement. But, but you know, having come this morning, I heard something from the word. I heard something that says that my life can make a difference in this world. I heard something this morning that speaks into my life. And I simply want to ask Jesus to create something different, create something new in me. Pastor, I've been hurting and I'm in this place and I'm questioning who I am. But I, I just want to trust this amazing Jesus as I put my life in his hands. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you this morning in the powerful and precious and awesome name of Jesus. You are so great. You are so mighty. And Lord, even as we are in the season of Lent, we thank you for coming to this world. Thank you for dying for us in our place, Father God. Thank you for making us something, Lord. I stand here as a testament this morning, Father God, a no-name boy from a little wayward place in Jamaica that you would call, Father God, and put your love and your spirit upon my heart and life and say, go preach to the nations of the world. Who could have, who could have, who could have predicted, Lord Jesus, that, that you would use my life to impact so many people? And today, Lord God, as we are in this, this, this place, this holy place, this house of God, and these students are here listening, professors, Lord, kneeling down before you, uh, standing in a pew, Father God, examining who they are. May the Holy Spirit of God, the Jesus who has come into our lives, uh, change us. May you, may you today, Lord God, allow them to know that you are God all by yourself, Father. And those, Lord, who are struggling with this relationship with Jesus, even as they leave this, this chapel experience today, Father God, a private, a, private, a private corner, a private altar somewhere with God, as they look you in the face, Father, identifying who they are, that they are wonderfully made, that they are made with a purpose, and that they can make a difference in this world. I pray these things this morning in the name of Jesus. And I pray today, Father God, that those who are kneeling here, Father, whatever, whatever bring them here this morning, whether it's, it, it, it's turning over their lives to the Lord, whether it's turning over an issue, whether it's something that they're struggling with, Father God, as they have come today, Father God, oh God, kneeling before you and releasing that in the name of Jesus. Father, you are the great miracle worker. We see that miracle, Father God, that you're turning water into wine. We see that miracle as you offered the living water to the woman at the well. We see that miracle, Father God, in the boy offering his lunch to Jesus. 
Oh, Father, just let your will be done. We bless you and we honor you. And to you we give all the praise. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Amen. God bless you and have a great day. Amen.